0: Hi everybody, this is Gad Some of you may remember in the parasitic mind, in chapter one, I talk about a conversation I had had with a family member that had uh, been very galling to me uh, in reference to intellectual dishonesty in contra to my pursuit of truth. Uh, the story goes that I was having a conversation with a family member and the person in question was saying, oh, you know, those ancient Greeks, those Christians were very anti-Semitic, to which I had answered, well, the the ancient Greeks were not Christians. As a matter of fact, the time period is defined as BC, before Christ, before Common Era. And so it is literally marked historically as it being before or after Christ, and this was before Christ. When the person in question saw that there was incontrovertible uh, proof that their position was incorrect, they did the ultimate fuck, which is, while looking straight into my eyes, they said, yeah, yeah, that that's exactly what I said. I said that they weren't Christian, and mm-hmm. you said that they were Christian. So imagine the level of intellectual dishonesty and lack of intellectual humility, which is the topic of the current sad truth clip, where you're unable to be a an honest interlocutor. You're, you're unable to say, you know, my position was A, your position was B, and it's been proven that you're correct, and I'm sorry, thank you for teaching me something new. This is exactly one of the reasons why I found uh, the Malibu Meditator's Uh, positions very galling because he's supposed to be a public intellectual and therefore he should be operating within the the landscape of ideas in a truthful manner and when he comes out and says well you know uh, had everything I had said about COVID not been wrong and had a few variables been changed so that I would have been right, then I would have been right, therefore I am right. And to which I had released a clip saying, if my grandmother had balls, we would have called her my grandfather. And so this is all stuff that I've discussed before. Today I'm going to talk specifically about how do you measure psychometrically intellectual humility in the same way that you can measure all sorts of personality traits. Are you able to measure uh, whether somebody is intellectually humble or not? Uh, and so I'll discuss a paper. I'll just read some of the key findings from the abstract of that paper, but before that, I'd like to read something f- from uh, The Parasitic Mind. This is a quote that I think I've now maybe read on one or two occasions in previous sad truth clips, but it's it's really such a brilliant quote that I'd like to, to use it again uh, as a Uh, as a contrapoint to what it is to be intellectually humble. So this is from Leon Festinger, who is the pioneer of cognitive dissonance theory. This is from uh, page 142 of The Parasitic Mind. So, quote, A man with a conviction is a hard man to change. Tell him you disagree and he turns away. Show him facts or figures and he questions your sources. Appeal to logic and he fails to see your point. We have all experienced the futility of trying to change a strong conviction, especially if the convinced person has some investment in his belief. We are familiar with the variety of ingenious defenses with which people protect their convictions, managing to keep them unscathed through the most devastating attacks." But man's resourcefulness goes beyond simply protecting a belief. Suppose an individual believes something with his whole heart. Suppose further that he has a commitment to this belief, that he has taken irrevocable actions because of it. Finally, suppose that he is presented with evidence, unequivocal and undeniable evidence that his belief is wrong. What will happen? The individual will frequently emerge not only unshaken, but even more convinced of the truth of his beliefs than ever before. Indeed, he may even show a new fervor about convincing and converting other people to his view. So this is a quote from page 142 of The Parasitic Mind coming from Leon Festinger. I I love that quote because it so perfectly captures the impenetrability of people's lack of intellectual humility. I always say that I mean, think again of the the famous Confucius adage, right, or maxim, you know, uh, true knowledge is knowing what you know and what you don't know. Well, that speaks to intellectual humility. When I walk around talking about topics that I feel very comfortable talking about, then uh, I will walk with the epistemological swagger of someone who, who you know, who's got a chip on their shoulder, who knows what they're talking about, and good luck to you if you want to debate me. On the other hand... There are endless things that I know very little about, and so therefore I don't wing it. I don't pretend that I know. If you ask me a, a question about a topic that I think I'm I'm at best standing on tenuous ground, then I'll say, you know what, I'll I'll defer to your greater expertise on this topic. And I think that becomes a, a really important conduit for trust because when 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 the audience sees that you are truthful in being well calibrated in what you know or don't know, then they say, I can trust this person. This is why I've been able to appear on, you know, a million different shows with hundreds of millions of views. And I've never gotten into trouble, knock on wood, uh, for something that I said in terms of not being able to defend it and so on. Because when I know, I know. And when I don't know, I'm the first to say, I don't know enough about this. You you know better than I do. So now having offered that prelude, I want to discuss today this incredible paper. Uh, It's published in Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin 2017. I'll put a link to to the article in question. It's by Mark Leary et al. There's a whole bunch of um, authors and it is titled Cognitive and Interpersonal Features of Intellectual Humility. Again, one of the things that's uh, I mean, there are many wonderful fields in psychology, one of which is is, uh, you know, uh, personality psychologists who develop psychometric scales to measure particular traits, right? Uh, Ultimately, a construct has to be measurable, a personality construct or a a cognitive ability and so on. So there's a huge tradition in psychometrics and in personality psychology of coming up with validated scales that say, yes, if, if if you take this scale, that will uniquely score you on whatever is the construct that that is being measured. So in this case, it's an attempt to study, as it says, certain cognitive interpersonal features of intellectual humility. So for example, what are the personality traits that might correlate with uh, intellectual humility? And so all I'm going to do, rather than get into the weeds, I'm just going to read for you uh, verbatim uh, the key, I think there were four studies in, in this paper, and I'm just going to read for you the actual abstract, and then maybe comment one or two things. So four studies examined intellectual humility, the degree to which people recognize that their beliefs might be wrong. And again, remember my original stories about my family member and about uh, Sam Harris. Using a new intellectual humility scale, study one showed that intellectual humility was associated with variables related to openness, curiosity, tolerance of ambiguity and low dogmatism that makes perfect sense right if if you're if you score high on openness then you are open to ideas that may conflict with your positions if you are more curious including intellectually curious then you recognize that uh perhaps the veracity of of your position might come uh, might be challenged in light of new information and that's because you know you're a curious person always open to the possibility of of you know, well, new possibilities. Of course, tolerance of ambiguity, again, it's a measure, if you like, of cognitive malleability, the fact that I'm not so set in my position that I'm unwilling to revise my position, which, of course, is exactly what scoring low on dogmatism is. When when I'm dogmatic, that means I state my position to the world and it's very hard to shift me from that position. So it's perhaps not surprising that intellectual humility correlates with openness, curiosity, tolerance of ambiguity, and low dogmatism. Okay, let's go on. I'm going to continue reading now. Study 2 revealed that participants high in intellectual humility were less certain that their beliefs about religion were correct and judged people less on the basis of their religious opinions. Again, to the extent that religion is one of the places where, you know, by definition, right, when you say religious dogma, right? what's in my book is true because it's in my book right it's tautological it's circular it's dogmatic there is it's a it's a revealed truth it's a sacred truth there's nothing that can violate it well people who are who score high on intellectual humility are less likely to succumb to the religious-based dogma that you might otherwise expect of people who score high on religiosity. So that makes perfect sense. In study three, participants high in intellectual humility were less inclined to think that politicians who changed their attitudes were flip-flopping. That's really cool, right? Because it, you know, if if a politician held position A, and then at some later time they change it to position not A or position A star, uh if you score high on intellectual humility you you afford people the 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 possibility that in light of new incoming evidence they might change their opinions on something and that that's a healthy thing that's a healthy way to navigate the informational landscape ra- rather than construing a, a pejorative term you're flip-flopping you're indecisive you, you were this one day you're that the other day think about you know i've i've called uh, Fauci flip flop Fauci. It's not because I'm not intellectually humble in this case. I think it's because in many cases he has changed his positions in a what appears to be a a random ad hoc manner. I think that if he had shown that his positions were changing in light of clear uh, veridical incoming new information, then I would have never ascribed to him the 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 the, the, the moniker of being a flip flop Fauci. And then study four showed that people high in intellectual humility were more attuned to the strength of persuasive arguments than those who were low. This is basically saying that, you know, when, when you are intellectually humble, you're willing to listen to, you know, multiple sides of the issue and extract the persuasive value of those arguments, you know, independently of what your position might be. You You're just more likely to... Recognize that that particular position, uh, you know, held uh, persuasive value. So there you go. Uh, that's one of the things that I love so much about psychology and the behavioral sciences. Right? You can take a philosophical concept such as you know, the the virtue of being intellectually humble, but then you can anchor it in actual psychometric measurements. Right? So that we are able to administer this uh, this scale to many people and then assort these people on a a continuum in terms of how intellectually humble they are. Well, by the way, let me just go to some of the items that they use for their scale. So this is table one in that paper, page 795. Uh, So here are some of the items. Okay. I question my own opinions, positions and viewpoints because they could be wrong. I reconsider my opinions when presented with new evidence. I recognize the value in opinions that are different from my own. I accept that my beliefs and attitudes may be wrong. In the face of conflicting evidence, I'm open to changing my opinions. I like finding out new information that differs from what I already think is true. And of course, here you would be answering typically on a Likert scale, strongly agree, strongly disagree, and then based on the totality of your response patterns, then the psychologists are able to to score your final intellectual humility score so there you have it folks uh you know people who don't understand the behavioral sciences and, and psychology in particular often say oh but you know it's not a science it's not physics nothing could be further from the truth incredibly bright people have spent their entire careers studying the human condition that you know there is no other way to study you know human cognition, human emotions, human behaviors, uh, void of psychology, right? I mean, you you can't study uh, human motivational systems using chemistry, right? You can't reduce it to that level. So, you know, it always baffles me, if not angers me, when many people, including supposedly sophisticated thinkers, try to, you know, argue, oh, but it's a soft science and so on. Auguste Comte, the famous French sociologist, when he created his hierarchy of the sciences placed sociology at the top of the hierarchy because he recognized that it is a lot more difficult to study social systems involving human beings than it is to study the uh the you know the carbon structure of a particular molecule that might be very precise and predictable and that's precisely what makes it easier than to study what makes our brain tick what makes us shop the way that we do what makes us choose the mates that we do. So anybody who tells you that uh, you know, psychology is a soft science is simply recognizing that it is astronomically more difficult to study the human condition than it is to study uh, you know, something in physics. And this is not to be pejorative to physicists. Of course, they're very bright. But again, any time that you are using the scientific method in an unbiased and honest manner to study anything, then you are a scientist. There is no, you know, physicist is a scientist, but a sociologist is not. Now, it is true that a sociologist oftentimes is not acting like a scientist because he or she has allowed ideology to parasitize his field. So that is true. But epistemologically speaking, there is nothing in the behavioral sciences that makes them lesser than physics or chemistry or biology and so on. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy this, please consider subscribing to the channel, pressing on the bell button when, so that you can get notifications. If you're if you're listening and watching this on on uh, YouTube, please consider, if you're listening to this on a podcast, going to Apple, posting a review. It really does matter because it affects the search algorithms. It affects the likelihood of people coming and visiting your work. I spent an inordinate amount of hours doing all this for free if you can certainly support the channel through one of my donation portals that would be lovely i've so far resisted for many years despite many offers to join different platforms and ask for subscription-based fees uh but frankly i'm starting to think that it might be the only way to go because i you know over the past you know many many years i've spent as i said endless hours creating content, so it will only be fair if you think I'm doing something worthwhile that you support me in any way that you can. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Cheers.